This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Club W. Humans have been making wine for thousands of years, and they've been confused about which one to drink for just as long. Club W are leading the grape-to-glass revolution and taking the headache out of shopping for wine. Our listeners can get 50% off their first order right now by going to clubw.com slash badchristian. Today's show is also sponsored by NatureBox. This year, make a resolution you can stick to and start snacking smarter with NatureBox. Head over to naturebox.com forward slash badchristian today and receive 50% off your first box. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. What's up, you wacko Trump supporters? You nuts? People in our audience, I'm sure there's a lot of you out there, but I guess that's uh, I guess we've probably got a whole bunch of the, what, what's the other one? Oh, yeah, wacko Bernie Sanders supporters. Both of you in those camps are very, very funny, very entertaining to me. Uh, I guess annoying is the word to it. I mean, heck, I guess it's like uh, right up there with CrossFitters and vegans as far as that kind of thing <laughs> goes. Welcome to the podcast today. Uh, good show. Actually, really good show today. We have a, a lady on named Jamie who identifies herself as the very worst missionary, and she's tremendous, so I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you're in California, let me divert your attention away from this episode and the very worst missionary. And if you're in the rest of the country, ignore me. California, I need your help. We're coming to do some Emory Acoustic shows there. We're going to be in Sacramento, the Bay Area. We're going to be in Los Angeles and Orange County beginning of March. You can see the dates at emoryacoustic.com. Now, here's what I specifically need your help with is we're not doing regular venues here. We're doing private events, uh, shared work spaces. We're doing coffee shops when they close. If anybody can help us secure some venues in those cities on the dates on our website, uh, I'll get you a free ticket. I'd be glad to. So if you can help us find and secure an event space or know somewhere, if you work at a coffee shop that closes at 6 or 7, that'd be a great place. Stuff like that is going to be pretty small, 50 to 100 people at the most. Uh, Let me know. Email music at badchristian.com, and we'll make these shows really, really special. And if you're in the rest of the country, you know, pay attention. It's fine. Fly to California, come to one of the shows, or hang tight. We will be there soon. Me, Toby, Devin doing Emory Acoustic stuff. Uh, there's a video on the website over there of what, what, what we're up to. I think it's awesome. It's what we're going to be doing all year long. Oh, and thanks to everybody for d- supporting Devin's crowdfund as much as you have. It's going super good. He's 65% or something of the way there. Uh, please go listen to his new song. He's putting up some covers. He's got a cover of Billy Jean that you're going to get to hear soon. That is amazing. You'll get a little taste of what his album's going to be like. But do him a favor. Do me a favor. Do yourself a favor and pre-order his album by you know contributing to his crowdfund thing. We're going to get that rolling. And it'll, it'll be, it's going to be sweet. So thank you guys, everybody, for all the support so far. Episode, let's do it. One hit it, Joey. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. Don't you know, don't you know that the Lord is good? All right. Thank you, Toby, for finally getting Joey and you on your own audio tracks in your Pro Tools. Oh, this is nice. Man. This is very good. That was a backhanded remark no 
Yeah, that Toby, kind of, that actually, Joey, I think you nailed that. Toby just got yeah. bitch slapped by Matt. Well, I don't think I got bitch slapped, but I think you you recognize that Matt, well, that was Matt just trying to manipulate me and, and to move me. And, I don't think and, it was manipulation. And, I think it was an insult, and I think he intended you to pick up on it. Well, I am just simply delivering the insult that comes from our audio well, editor, Billy. What else? Just I, I'm just the one handing it down. Well, so what else is he going to do now that he's, he's the transferring fat one, Joey. The insult? <laughs> Joey, you know, you and I are smaller than Matt. He is the fat. No, I am Matt not. Carter. <laughs> this, this is what You're I You're a fat, Matt. This, yeah, oh, man. What a what? Order where you second grade. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what I thought was going to happen just now? What? Matt, unintentionally, right when Matt, uh, when Toby looked at me to turn the tables on you to be the fat guy, I I got into a lounging position and I thought Toby was going to look at me with disgust and change it mid-thought and be like, no, nah, hell no, you're the fat ass. <laughs> so, so you do believe that no matter what, I can it's look at you way. and be swayed from making fun of Matt to go back to make fun of like, you. It's just yeah. too tempting. Like he was about yeah, to go yeah. in on me well, and then you look at the position that Joey's in and it's just irresistible. <laughs> I mean, I know you say that you're stretching. I know. I told that, I know you that, that I was kidding about that. That the stretching is the, what initially puts me in that uh, in that position, but I'm not stretching the whole time. What are you doing right now? What? How do it's you describe just so that? Comfortable. Like right now, I'm just very comfortable. Mm-mm. And so Mm-mm. now, it, if I had to dig ditches right now, I couldn't be doing this. But right now, my job is to have a conversation to be fully engaged. <laughs> so you, I'm I fully mean, engaged, and I can be lounging. Matt, let me ask you a question: Is there any coincidence? That a pastor mm-hmm. would find another job that he was actually needed, <laughs> would be able to do more sitting in more comfortable ways. Like, is that a coincidence that that could happen, or was that? I mean, is that intentional? Well, I no. It, here's why it doesn't make sense to me because this isn't a job where you can do that. <laughs> this 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 isn't a job where you can do what you're doing right now. It's broadcasting. There's nobody on TV or not TV or, or eat. There's nobody on AM or FM radio where there's no picture. There's right. no AM or FM radio broadcaster who hey, is almost. You. Who you is almost horizontal no, out of respect, when they broadcast? Out of respect for you guys and an, and an open mindedness to learn, I'm it, gonna sit up. Why would you? You know you're gonna be right back there. You're gonna forget and get comfy. Do, seven, do you think seconds from now? There are thousands and thousands of broadcasters on, let's just say, satellite, radio, AM, and FM. Do you think any of them do it from a horizontal position? Yeah. That, that, are any of them in a garage on a couch? Most. I mean, what does that matter? They, most are like, these it, days. What, I'm, I mean, I'm only arguing that it, it lends to sometimes your tone of voice, your enthusiasm, your presence. I think all those things, of course, matter. Even though you, whether or not somebody can see you is not the operative fact. He's got to chill, though. I say <laughs> you do you, Joey. That's all you can do. No, I actually respect you guys, and I respect what we're doing. That is not nope, true. You I do don't not. respect you. Or what we're doing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or yourself, frankly. Anyway, back to Fat Carter. Fat, are you actually still doing dieting and stuff? Are you not drinking right now? Because you, you look like you are. I'm, if you want to update where I'm at, I'll go further down the rabbit hole. I, mean, I can I handle get... looking at Joey lounging. Just you filling the screen completely these oh, days please. is unbelievable. No, I'm down. I'm I'm feeling skinny. I'm down. I'm down seventeen pounds since the beginning of the year. Wow, which is good. And uh, I I'm, I won't go into more details about the diet I'm eating, right. but it's I'm really starting to enjoy it. I'm getting a little bit more nerdy about it and measuring stuff. What I'm doing currently right now is I'm trying to reduce protein and increase fat. Uh, and the latest benchmark that I'm actually shooting for, which you'll think is interesting, and some people think it's funny, but it's because they won't understand it. But I'm trying to get about 2,200 calories a day 
and get 75% or so of that from fat. Wow. Dang. Why? To lose weight. <laughs> See, there's no way that can be good. There's no way that can be good. I lost 17 pounds on it. Yes, it can be. Why would you say that immediately? Why would you? I mean, Matt has told you that reducing, no matter what, reducing carbs and eating higher fat content food, he's lost 17 pounds. Since and you see me, I'm doing the same thing, and I have lost weight. I was 225, and I weighed myself this morning, 203. Well, people get cancer and lose weight. That's not good for them. No. Yes, what I'm doing is good for me, but that's okay. Okay, well, I'll take you your word for it. You don't have to believe it. it. I'll take your word for it. Why would you be so against it immediately? Why is your no, initial thought like, no, that's bad? No, it's not a it's not a low carb thing, but it's uh, it's fat. So fat, fat is good for you to eat. Fat is good for you to not eat. Not an excess. Okay. Not. I mean, ex- I don't know what the word excess means there. Well, you're smarter than me. You've obviously done your research. So I'm not going to argue. I did see on your Facebook page, I was super intrigued, and I was like, I got to do this. Matt actually made chicken tenders, and instead of breading, it was pork rinds. Oh, yeah. Rind. I that yeah, I used that instead of flour for health purposes. Was it good? <laughs> yeah, it was great. For health purposes. Okay, so <laughs> it, whatever. But <laughs> yeah. no, the, 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 it's, here's the thing. This is the only thing. I know it sounds extreme, and I like the contrarian nature of it, right. and I like that people think I'm stupid. Yeah. I don't even care. But I will tell you that, for instance, eating cholesterol – or HDLs or LDLs is not what causes cholesterol, HDLs, and LDLs to be in your bloodstream. It, it's counterintuitive, but that's not the way it works. It's a more of a complex function of liver, insulin release, stuff like that. So you got me interested here, though. I would like to just maybe you could tell me uh, one uh, one day's meals. Like when you say increasing fat that much, what what kind yeah, of fat it, are you talking about? Okay, well, I wasn't trying to get scientific no, here. This is really interesting. I probably piqued people's interest here a little bit. Now, first of all, I'm not a nutritionist. Right. I don't have a degree. And I'll go ahead and give you I'll give you names of people that are not me that that would advise you this way. So it's not something I invented or anything like that. But Vinny Tortorich is a trainer that I like. Uh there's a guy named Mark Sisson who was on Joe Rogan recently. Just listen to that. Just listen to that. He's he's insane. Anyway, um so the thing about it is high high uh there's a lot of calories in fat. And since you need a certain amount of calories, 2,000, 2,400, whatever your target is, getting them from fat is, is a, is, works really well because it's better than getting them from sugars, you see. So I'm still getting the same amount of calories. But, for instance, if I eat a big pile of cabbage, like a big pile of it, you know, th- three or four tablespoons of olive oil on that, the, the, the cabbage will have 20, 10 calories in it, and I'll get 300 from the olive oil, let's say, or the almond butter or the... Uh, coconut butter or butter. How about that? So, and that's where I'm getting the calories from something that my body deals with really well. I'm training my body to burn fat and not burn sugar. So I'm becoming a person who is a fat burner, not a person who is a sugar burner. So I'm training my body to work and live off of fat, not sugar, which is much, much healthier. So instead of carbohydrate slamming my blood sugar, causing the hormone insulin to counteract that and triggering my body to store fat, uh, then I actually deal with that straight away and, you, you know, use it as my primary fuel source. So that's, that's how it works. Yeah. Like honestly, there is a lot of science going on with diet and depression. Like, I've read it all. I mean, and it, every single one, every th- single thing that's been written about that, I've about read. depression, you've read everything, but I mean, you probably <laughs> have, uh, your diet consists probably of a lot of sugars. Yeah, I try to, I try to ease up on it, but yeah, but, but I mean, 
Yeah, but what you should do, Joey, is just count the amount of total carbohydrates you consume in a day. It's probably several hundred. It'd be interesting to see, like, do two weeks with normal diet or whatever. You know, don't don't do anything crazy, and then two weeks on a uh, low carbohydrate. When we say carbohydrates, we are talking mostly sugars here. That, that's yeah. where your body's getting its energy from, and you need carbohydrates for mm-hmm. sure. But it'd be interesting to see how that spikes your thoughts and yeah. where you're at i think it'd be really interesting yeah definitely. have you ever noticed I, that before because you've done lower carb before yeah i'm scared to do that again i killed someone last time like it just causes me to like have fits of rage and all that sort of thing so that's not true uh, hey i want to take over this podcast because i've got a lot of things i want to say a lot of things on my mind i appreciate the education all right let's do it enough of that i wasn't trying to get on that topic anyway i don't want to inflame people pardon the pun because you know carbohydrates are the things that inflame our system <laughs> so anyway this Not week really. this really. week was super eventful and i jotted them down now nowadays when you jot stuff down it's just in your phone right notebook app and so Looking i wanted to tell right you now. guys a bunch of stuff first of all listen to this i went wait hang on a second so you got a whole bunch of stuff so do we get we can you know we can decline i don't care or we can i go just want to share my okay. heart so you've got a whole bunch of popcorn stuff yeah, there I we go. put stuff out there all right so First of all, I was at the cafeteria the other day visiting my daughter, specifically my oldest daughter. Okay. So she's in the fourth grade. Boy sitting next to her is going off talking about the gospel. I'm serious. I'm like, he's preaching? Yeah, basically to his classmates. And so actually my daughter's on my right side. He's right to my left. So I turned to him. I was just like, hey, man, you're talking about Jesus? He's just like, yeah. I was like, are you a Christian? He was like, yeah. I was like, huh. So I go back to my eating, and then I turn back. You didn't say, I am too, or I'm no, a preacher. So then I turned back to him. I said, hey, what church you go to? And he's like, I don't go to church. Like, it was almost like an aggressive, I don't go wow. to church. And some kids actually just like, you don't go to church? He's just like, no, I don't go to church. Why would I go to church? I, I, church doesn't do anything for me sort of thing. And I was like, but you're a Christian. He's like, yeah, totally a Christian. Like, I believe in Jesus and all that stuff. Now, obviously, I you asked me that question, right. and I'll I'll answer. I don't I don't like putting myself out there as well. I'm a pastor, and blah blah blah. Especially, I just didn't want to go there with the kids. I was there to enjoy especially my. Especially when and all a fourth grader told you your job is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I just thought it was so crazy how we talk about people that don't go to church and are Christians, and this is a nine year old. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty unbelievable. Well, that's what we talk about the future generations. This is yeah. them, boy. But, you know, I'm going to generally pass on this topic just being that it's a nine-year-old, so who knows what the heck they Seriously, are Seriously, they're all dumb. All right, so the second thing I want to talk about was there's a lot of people. All right, first of all, right. let's just face the facts. When Cam Newton was not winning football games, nobody gave a shit about what he did on the field or anything. Now that he's right. potentially going to win a Super Bowl, sure. everybody's like, oh, he's just he just goes too far. We're celebrating all that stuff. But here's what I thought. Brett Favre was an endearing celebrator. People are like, oh, he just loves the game. Look at him. He's just jumping up and down. Oh, he took his helmet off and he's running to the sideline. Man, that's what, that's what football is all about. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton just does it in a black way. I think the people... I, Good I think, Lord, listen, what are you talking about? I think, Good gosh. I think people... Hey, based on that comment right there, in order to go no further, and the fact that the Super Bowl was last week... Do you mind if we just go ahead well, and pass yeah. on this well, one and get to the other well, I think you might want to clarify what you're saying. Yes, though, the only it, thing, sound, it sounds the only thing racist. I'm, exactly. That's somebody what does something in a off. black way. That's what I wanted to say is I think a lot of people that are irritated with Cam Newton, are pro- they probably won't admit it, but I think there's some racist there. There's some racism because they're just like, oh, he celebrates too much. Well, so did Brett Favre. Nobody said that about him because 
when uh, Cam Newton does it, he does his dancing and all that stuff. So, yes, I do think there is some racism involved. My gosh, he's he has a love for the game, too. What's yeah. different in his celebration? Yeah. It's just a different we style. We all agree, and football season ended earlier well, congratulations this week. <laughs> congratulations to the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl champs. Good job. All right. Exclamation marks and text messages. This blew my mind. All right. Listen to this. So uh, there was a mom, and I basically, uh, she said, hey, when you, when you go pick up your daughter from gymnastics, uh, can you get my daughter too? So I texted it back immediately, and I was just like, yes, no problem. Okay. No punctuation mark. She responded, and I, and I know this woman, so I, I, could te- I could hear what she was thinking. She was just like, uh, are you sure? Is, is, it's no trouble? And then I responded, no problem, exclamation mark. I would be happy to, exclamation mark. And then she responded, oh, thank you, exclamation marks, very much as a big help. And I was like, all I, she thought that I was a little put off by her asking me because she had to clarify, you sure it's not a big deal? Right. And then all I had to do is go exclamation mm-hmm. mark, and it made her feel good. She's just like, oh, awesome. And so, like, what kind of society are we in where we have to, express being happy to help somebody out with an exclamation mark. It's just kind of funny. Well, it's difficult on text, but there's something you might want to consider. And I, I'd like for somebody to look the research up on this. I w- I'm going to guess that somewhere north of 70, 80 percent of all exclamation points in text are written by females. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on. No, I, I want to say something. It is hilarious that you, the person who does not understand all caps, being mad, <laughs> and that now this realization that exclamation points can work. No, I've and be always useful. realized that. I do it so, all the time, but yeah. I just thought it was crazy that she thought that I was put off without it. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. But that just is I, that is really becoming a language, and it is interesting that we live in the exact time where texting and using actual written word you have to infer stuff from it now. And like yeah. that is going to become a skill. It's like a regression of communication. I, I, I mean, you almost, I, I mean, I would encourage everybody, when you read something, do not put emotion or anger or any or loudness or softness with it. Read it a few times. And I really do believe women have the hardest time with this. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes Jess has read, read me text, and I was like, that's not a big deal. And she took it like, this person is just really upset. Yeah. And I was like, no, they're not at all. Well, imagine you asking yeah. me if, if I can help you move a couple pieces of furniture, and I text you back, I guess I can do that. You can either read it, I guess I can do that, or I guess I can do that. I mean, seriously. Like, it yeah, could but you should totally just go either put, way. Yeah, yeah. That's why I intentionally usually make a joke immediately. Like, if you said, hey, can you – in fact, yeah. you asked me – Three weeks ago, can you help me move this piece of furniture? And I wrote back, eat shit immediately <laughs> because, of course, I'm going to help you. And that that puts you in the mood of, oh, he's joking. Right. And I said, yeah, I'll be there right. in a bit. Yeah. That, that way you know, yeah, that's Very not good. a big deal because I'm joking. Does that stuff annoy yeah, you, Matt? It's a backwards form of... Matt, you don't like small talk and stuff. Does, that, is, does this fall into the category of bullshit that annoys you? Like exclamation marks and stuff? Well, I don't understand the question specifically. Okay, cool. Moving on. So soccer names. Okay. Uh. Sucker I just names. wanted to tell y'all four, like four sucker names, four like. names uh, of of kids that I heard all in one day, <laughs> and I want to know if they qualify as soccer names because Priscilla asked me. She, are they, Priscilla what, said, "What what are soccer names?" And I was just like, "You'll know it when you hear it." Right. <laughs> and, and, so, and then I just said, "Gavin would <laughs> right. be one." Gavin. All right. So anyway, listen to these: Finn, Banks, Ford, and Walker. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, I yeah. mean, you can't define that. Right. Are they <laughs> you children? Guys all, right. you, y'all are immediately, yep, those are soccer names. 
Did we define that? Did we call that soccer name? No, other no, people. No, no. Everybody's they, aware of, up with of that for that, a long time. But that it is really hilarious that that I mean, those are who like your daughters are going to be dating. Yeah, mm-hmm. isn't that <laughs> doesn't that isn't that just terrible? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, I tell you what's rough about it is, I mean, first of all, yeah, I guess this. What are they into? Man U, Premier League, that kind of. Thing. <laughs> but they uh, they got the, their future frat boys or whatever it is they're going to be. But the um. The thing about it is it's tough with names, and it really is because you can't control what culture is going to do with names at, You know, for once you decide a name. So you may pick a name, and you may be on the leading end of a trend when you pick a name that's going to be a big wave, and there's nothing you can do yeah. about it. Well, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like, my name's Matthew. Matthew and Jeremy from 1979 has got to be the most popular names, but it probably even five or six years previous to that, it wouldn't have been yeah. at all. And so then there's a whole nother decade of people named the same stupid name as yeah. me. You know, like we, we named our daughter Georgia and hadn't heard of it much, but I've got two people, two newborn babies this month of people that I know on Facebook named their baby Georgia that are both I've been to church with in wow. Seattle. Like literally two in Seattle that I've gone to church with and done stuff with. Two newborns this month. That's crazy. My- both and both know me and my, and they definitely know my daughter's yeah. name. So, gosh, that's <laughs> one of them. You one of them it. even apologized for it and said, "Well, at least we did different middle names." <laughs> yeah, my brother named uh, his daughter in 2002 Emma, and it was right. It was literally, I think, yeah. a month before Ross and Rachel named their kid Emma. I mean, so it was just like it blew up. Oh, Emma, that's got to be yeah. the most popular name in that time period. I'm kind of freaked out because there's two people at our church named their uh, one's a boy and one's a girl, and they named them Bad Christian. <laughs> yeah the emory thing was for a long time everybody did emory but now i'm meeting all these bad christian babies all right so uh matt do you have an uh i've got three more and i'll good hurry god okay. i'll hurry we're moving along You've in a pretty good clip this, this is much? working out yeah so i like beef jerky why in the hell is it so expensive what, so you, what is the deal with well, that you go into a gas station you seriously get like right. uh a bag of doritos easy 150 yeah now i understand that meat right. is more expensive than chips but by five dollars i mean you mm. like i came over here last well, week to podcast with toby and i came with a, a a not even that sizable of a bag of jerky and it was on sale for 4.99 i was like good well, lord why that is uh that I don't have any preparation on this, but I think I can suss that out really quickly. So, first of all, if that if it was that true, then some other jerky would just come in and make it cheap, and they would win the market. So, it has to be that way for okay. a reason. It really does cost that much, and here's the reason why. If you go in to get some steak for your family, let's say you get New York yeah. strip, so some medium lean cut of beef, you're going to be paying, you know, it, the worst cuts of that are going to be around $10 a pound. And the best cuts of that, of course, much more. Um, and even cheaper steaks like top round, which is probably what you make jerky yeah. out of, like top yeah. round or something like that. It's still going to be about $5.99 a pound, at least $6 a pound um, for the cheapest meat, really, that's in steak okay. form, which is what beef right. jerky is. Then if you take it and make beef jerky out of it, you're going to take out all the water. So you're going to reduce the, the weight by pound many, many times over, thus multiplying the unit price per pound. So you essentially, if you took, if let's say it was 60, 70%, 80% water, and then once you dry it, all you're left with is the, the protein and the muscle fiber and the what you know stuff like that because it's already yeah. lean anyway. So now you probably reduced it that, that pound uh, all the way down to a quarter of its original size. 
So to get that small amount, that's like, you know, for a pound of that beef jerky to be produced, it's going to cost $20 worth of meat to make a pound of beef jerky. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So the unit price on beef jerky, and you can check me out on this. I don't have it. But I bet you the unit price on beef jerky is between 20 and $35 a pound, which makes it a really, really, really expensive per pound. Now, Slim Jims do, there's just, there's just no way Slim Jims do not fall into this category. Well, Slim Jims are not dried out all yeah. the way, if you'll notice. They still have a lot of fat content and moisture content, thus making them, allowing them to be cheaper. Gotcha. Nice, man. You did. Hey, that just shows how smart you are. You weren't prepared, but you knocked it out of the park. All right, two more questions. So, hey, was, okay, so here's your jerky tip. Those one where they have those moist, big nuggets of yeah, jerky. Yeah. Well, those are more ripoff. You're getting more water. Yeah. So the drier your beef jerky is, like the, that really, really chewy stuff, that's your better value. Yeah. That's how you should assess yeah, But it. if you don't like the taste, it's good. Well, I, don't, I mean, it's not bad. To, the other's not bad either. Right, it just it's less value. All right, so if you want to know Matt's philosophy on birthdays and stuff, we're not. You just need to go back and listen to older podcasts. But I'll just say he thinks they're dumb, and to celebrate them is just kind of a waste. Right, and he'll even say that when Bridget <laughs> wants to celebrate his birthday, it's all about her. He doesn't like birthdays. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. just celebrated my son's birthday yesterday. Six years old. Toby came out with sure his did. family, and uh, we all hung out. And it made me think: Matt is your daughter's mm-hmm. birthday. Does that mean something to you, or does that fall into... I mean, you being a dad, does that change things at all? Well, you don't have to put me in all or nothing, so it, it would be a bit monstrous to say my daughter's birthday means nothing to me. <laughs> so I won't go on record as that if that's what you were hoping I would say. But I would say, I mean, I, I can stay relatively consistent here by saying my daughter had her first birthday party. I mean... 80, 95% of the person that that mattered to and was about was certainly my wife, not my one-year-old daughter and certainly not me. Yeah. So something to that. And then, yeah, she's excited about her third birthday. She wants to have a Curious George cake. She tells strangers about it. She's going to have a Curious George cake, and she's going to get a fancy spoon for her birthday. That's what she wants. So she's excited about this birthday. Uh, The second birthday was good because she kind of understood it. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean – she could have another one or two, but I don't want to emphasize it or make a bunch of people come over and get us presents because she's having a third and fourth, fifth birthday party. I'm not really into that. Right. I think there's no way around it. It's just tradition now, right? But, I mean, it, like uh-huh. she, she would feel so terrible if people didn't get to bring her presents and you said, my daddy won't let me. <laughs> like, that just sounds <laughs> right. so shitty for you. Right. I mean, that's... No, no. I went to a party that was great the other day, and this is what you got to do. We went to a party for a, a boy that's, that Georgia hangs out with. And his name's Asher, by the way, uh, probably a <laughs> nice. soccer name. He turned three, had an awesome party. They bought out a restaurant, had pizza, salad, and beer for everybody in a kid's play area. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I enjoyed that. I will come to your next party. That's cool. Do that to celebrate the birthday. You spend several hundred dollars on everybody else if you think birthdays are that big yeah. of a deal. That's how you handle yeah. it. I yeah, like I have it. to admit, I didn't do that last night. If you don't think they're a big deal, don't make hot dogs and make people come over and bring you... 20 and $30 presents and give them a hot dog. Don't do that. Yeah. All right, Joey, what else you got? All right, so we've gotten into this conversation before, and you guys have laughed at me a good bit as far as me saying that I don't, I don't typically see lying as a black and white moral issue. In other words, I, I see a lot of reasons for uh, lying. And I've even used rehab as an example. I was just like, eh, it's just not rehab? easy. You went to rehab? Yeah. So oh, anyway... God. Yeah, lie about I think rehab. I've, I think People I've come up rehab. with an example that that in this situation you have to lie every time. Okay. So here's the scenario. 
I'm gonna throw Toby in this scenario. So Toby, you love your wife, man. Yes. You're a good husband mm -hmm. to a certain degree, yes. and uh, she loves you. You have Is a good this marriage. The lying part. <laughs> All right, so let's say... Uh, yeah, you have to lie. <laughs> All right, so you get a new job. Uh, uh, a nude you, job. You move somewhere, and the, one of the girls, let's say the receptionist, uh, you know, you start talking to her a little bit, and you're like, man, she really is pretty. No big deal. You've yeah. seen a pretty girl before, but next sure. thing you know, over the course of a couple of months, you start having some conversations, and you just start thinking some sinful thoughts. You're like, man, right. it would kind of be cool to be married to her. And you, you guys, <laughs> I'm certain I'd have other thoughts before that one. That would maybe, you know, could get there, but probably be a little bit. I'm just having these crazy yeah. fantasies of you uh, yelling at me for not knowing the dishes. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I, I just, I know if it's I wrong. I could take out her garbage. Fantasizing you spending mm. all my money. I just, I don't know. Joey's dying. <laughs> <sighs> all right so you get you get the picture so anyway you you for sure if you were honest with yourself you would say all right the reality is i have feelings for her and i'm never going to act on them okay she comes up to you and says toby <laughs> let's cut the bullshit there's something between us isn't yeah. there like you i like you and you like me and we just need to be real about this and figure out what we're going to do you gotta lie and there's no way you should tell the truth. No way. That is a good lie. Hmm. It's a good lie. I think most people would disagree with you. I think they would say, you would say, yes, there is, but that's wrong, and I have to. I have no understanding of, of how something as simple as a lie would be the thing we're focusing on in this yeah, story. <laughs> well, I because, just don't have any understanding because the of whole what point. This this is ridiculous. Because the whole point of the scenario this is, this is, is, is for me to come up with a, 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 a situation where you have to lie every time. So obviously you've already done a lot of messing well, up to get to this point, but you right. have to lie. Now, Toby, you said everybody. Oh, but you I already think most been sinning. Say, so if you sin again, that's going to help. Yeah, but this yeah, is going to uh, increase the possibility of you actually sleeping with this girl, in my opinion. Because if you say yes, and she's like, "I knew it," and I feel the same the, way about the, the you. Lying is the least significant thing that we could possibly be discussing about the scenario. So it's really answer the really question. Funny. Lie to her, correct, Toby? Yes. Matt. Of course. I lie, I lie about tons of stuff all the time. That's why I don't even understand that. But yeah, I don't. I mean, it's, you're just it's saying not a moral some, lie. You're trying to come it's up not with a moral a, victory uh, to lie there. It's not, it doesn't you're matter. You're trying to come up with a, I mean. uh, a situation that it would be good to lie in, right? Yeah. I, I find no, myself in those nothing good most, about it. In most moments of the day. <laughs> I personally think there's a lot of reasons to lie. But last time we talked about this, you I guys find were like, that's ridiculous. To lie. <laughs> I, I prefer lying. I prefer that. Than t ever telling the truth, no matter what the situation. I'll tell you a lie I did the other day. I was uh, Bridget got locked out of the locked her keys in the car while I was right. out of town. I got roadside assistance on my phone. I thought Toby, you'll really appreciate right. this one. I got roadside assistance on my phone, so I uh, went out of town. I called them and they said, "Okay, well, we'll put you through. We'll do the roadside, but you know, you have to be there. The right. person that owns the phone has yeah. to be there when when right. they come to do. It, which I don't think they check because they're just going to call locksmiths." And so I said, "Okay, yeah, okay, no, no problem." But I'm in Texas and Bridget's in Seattle with the keys locked. Right. Um, so I said, "Oh, definitely, I'll be there. Don't worry about it." So I'm lying at that point. 
Then I told Bridget to tell them when the guy got there that I was an EMS worker and was on call. <laughs> if if I wasn't there by the time that if they did ask, tell them, well, he was here until just a minute right before you got here. But he's an EMS worker and he's on call, so he had to go. Oh <laughs> so I to tell the locksmith if he if he asked. Here, and, did she? And then they, whatever. Um, no, he didn't ask. Didn't you just went with EMS. But I like, thought they had to kind of tug at his heartstrings. Yeah, like a doctor. I was like, tell him I'm a doctor, EMS worker that I was on call and I had an emergency and had oh, to that's go. A good that's, idea. And I had to take my phone with Brilliant. me. So there's nothing. I, so I thought I would be there, <laughs> but I wasn't. All right, let's uh, let's do um, a guest here. Yeah, we're good. Really good on all your topics. Great so thank job, you hey. so much. Hey, you're welcome. Prepare yourself to the podcast. I actually appreciate that very much. Let's talk to a missionary, and not just a missionary, a really shitty one. Sound good to y'all? Yeah. She calls herself the worst ever missionary. She's a shittinary. Right. <laughs> shittinary. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. All right, guys, confession time. No oh, boy, um, too much money. No, actually saving money. But I have, uh, remember I told you that I might would never drink again? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that that went out the window. We but all, yeah, we but I will that. tell you something. I uh, I love beer. Yeah. But I, okay, I should say, now I have to say I loved beer. Beer just, wow. I have tried. A few beers lately, and it's just not the same. It just I, I'm not even going to mention the names, but um, I tell you what I love and feel really good about is wine. Like my wife loves a glass of wine. We love a you know a nice glass of red wine in the evenings. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we'll lay the kids down and just sit and just have a glass of wine and kind of decompress and talk. Yeah, and uh, so that goes to your point, Joy. Of am I saving money? Yes, because I'm using Club W, and it is just one of the coolest things ever. I love being able to have great wine and also without all the hassle, having to go to a store, figure out, am I buying the right one? Am I paying too much? Am I, am I not paying enough? Right. What does it look like? They take all the guesswork out of it. Mm-hmm. And now I get to drink great wine whenever I choose. Like right. it is just so awesome. And it's delivered right to my door. Club W is just an amazing. We, You know how it is. A lot of times you want to have a party. A lot of times you want to have some friends over or whatever, and you don't know what to do. And you, we've all opened that bad bottle of wine. You know, you're like, I, I'm trying to get a deal or something like that. Yeah. It's just no good. It's right. just no fun. And that is where Club W comes in. Matt, you use it as well, don't you? Yeah, I do. I, the first thing I did is go on there and take the six-question quiz, and it figures out my palate. So every bottle that they send me is, like, already going to be one that I'm going to like. You know what I mean? That is the big part because I don't know what I'm doing in the wine aisle. And, of course, they're business savvy. You know, they call it the grape to glass wine revolution because they work straight with the vineyards, get these bottles of wine, cut out the middlemen, save me money, and get me the wine I like. So, super easy. And right now, Club W is offering our listeners 50% off your first order when you go to clubw.com slash bad Christian. So, don't ever come home to a wine free house again. Just go to clubw.com slash bad Christian and get 50% off your first order. That's clubw.com slash bad Christian. All right, I got a confession. Oh, you got a confession too? Yeah, I do. And I'm a pastor. So I'm a, I don't do this too Have often. You've been cheating I, on your wife? I'm going to be transparent. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't think I can ever enjoy a snack from the grocery store anymore, and here's why. Oh man. It's full of crap. Like it's full of literal crap and chemicals literal and all crap. sorts of stuff that I don't <laughs> even know what's being put in my body and it doesn't taste near as good as Toby fill in the blank. Nature box. I mean, can I get a hell's yeah from hell all yeah. of y'all? It's just oh, crazy. It's like I uh, I came home one night and I was uh, was on a date with Priscilla and it was almost like getting uh, Christmas all over again. Oh, that's January. the best feeling when you show up at your house and, and it was a box of nature box. And Ooh. dude, it's the best 
uh, strawberry yogurt covered pretzels I've ever had mm. in my life. I mean, you can get those at the store. It's just not even a fraction as yeah, good. It's, it's, it's just so so much worse, right? <laughs> and so much more expensive. Yeah, the way they say it is, it's all made with zero artificial nonsense. So it doesn't matter right. if it's like you know sweet or spicy stuff. I mean, they do vegan stuff. I haven't done the vegan stuff yet, but you know, non GMO and they also have an algorithm that you know provides you with personalized recommendations based on on the stuff that you like. So it doesn't matter what your diet is; you're not getting artificial nonsense. You're going to get a good snack. You're going to get great snacks, and they just have so many different ones. And they're of course delivered right to your door, like all these good companies are doing. And we quite appreciate it. Uh, and so we really hope everybody will support our sponsors and try Nature Box. There's really no reason not to do it. So no matter what your New Year's goals are, you can snack confidently with Nature Box if you go to naturebox.com slash badchristian. And guess what? 50% off your first box. So once again, naturebox.com, 50% off your first box of delicious, high-quality snacks sent straight to your doorstep. Well, I want to, let's just start with the, the, the name of your site is the worst missionary. And, and why is that? Yeah. Don't you think that's a little prideful to take that name? How do you know you're the worst missionary? It's a little messed Yeah. And up. we're already bad Christians. So it kind of feels like, I don't know, we won, we won, <laughs> like, but yeah, go ahead. Is this competitive? Cause mine actually is called the very worst missionary. So oh, oh, you were the very, well, we'll receive our reward. Christians. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that title. And sometimes people agree. I've had lots of people say, you really are the worst missionary. <laughs> so I don't think it's entirely self, um, you know, self-imposed. Other people do agree with me. But. So is your primary outlet blogging, yeah. writing? Yeah. I see where you speak mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. But where did you get this idea? What is it? What, just saying you're the worst missionary. What does that actually mean? I was living overseas with my family. We lived in Costa Rica for five years where we were missionaries. And, um, I was, I got super depressed and super just dysfunctional and terrible. And, um, at the same time, my husband was like a really good missionary, like really self-starter, hard worker, like, yeah. like he's an actual good missionary. And, um, I was in charge of communicating with all of our, our supporters and people back home and stuff. And, um, just found it really weird that people were constantly saying like, Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. Jamie, you're a missionary. That's so amazing. You're so great. Like, it's so cool. And I was just like, no, 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 but here's the thing. I'm not like, I'm a really (laughs) shitty missionary, like the shittiest missionary, just in bed all day and not doing anything. And I didn't Mm want to do anything. And I didn't want to get to know people. I didn't, I didn't want to do my job. Um, in contrast with my husband who was working so hard, but seeing how just the title alone, like there's no standards, there's no, um, expectations. It's just call yourself a missionary mm-hmm. and people will tell you how great you are. Um, so I was just like, well, let's just be honest here. Church stuff is difficult. Anything to do with Christianity when you get it going toward a profession, that's, you know, from a musician to mm-hmm. a pastor, youth pastor, missionary, writer, anything like that. It, 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 you definitely border into this territory of saying, is this all made up? Am I just making it up? Especially when you depend on other people to fund you. If you convince them that what you're doing is important and then you have to say it's important, but you know, that's, that's a tough thing. I think very much contributes to the amount of pastors, uh, missionaries and people in ministry that are depressed. Mm-hmm. I really do think no, it's I a big totally contributing agree. factor. Also, I think there's also, there's a real feel of you're out there doing it. I can't, I have a normal job and, and life and all these things, but you're out there doing it and you're awesome. And then it puts this, this 
false uh, narrative in your life that you're the one that's going to win souls for Christ and you're the one that has been called to do this. They're just the regular people that maybe they help fund you, but you're the one with the big mission and the big call as opposed to, well, you're just a human that's fallible like everybody else. So it just puts us in a bad spot. And I think it goes to what you just said, Matt. The only thing that can come from that, honestly, is you're going to end up being depressed because you can't live up to that, that you cannot attain. I am a, I mean, actually being a great missionary is really tough. Like you might, your husband probably even doesn't feel like a great missionary. He might look the part and do well, but that's still a lot of pressure. He's trying to live up to this kind of an ideal that a lot of people have about what being a missionary or what being a pastor or what being a person who preaches the gospel for a living uh, does. Mm-hmm. And that, that I guess, is that what led to the depression, you think? Um, I think there were a lot of factors. I'm I'm inclined toward depression anyway. Um, but there was a big letdown, like getting into mm-hmm. the mission field and then spending this year kind of looking around and going, what is, what are we doing here? Like, what are we, yeah. what is this? Right. This is, and <laughs> yeah. then, you know, being introduced yeah. for the first time in my life to, you know, hundreds of missionaries or whatever and going, oh my God, this is messed up. Like we are doing <laughs> like crap to the world. We're, we're crapping on the world and calling yeah. it missions. And, and so it was just like this, like, wow. I was already depressed and homesick and whatever. And then also <laughs> having like, feeling like I had no purpose anyway, because mm-hmm. I didn't even, I didn't even want to be in that club. Um, but it was, yeah, it just kind of compounded it. Yeah. Could you tell us firsthand what, what that means that a lot of missions work actually is, is what being actually destructive. Is that what you're saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, very bad. Tell us some of the, give us a point of view about that. Um, it's honestly, it's such a big problem that mm-hmm. it's hard, it's hard to even put it, like mm-hmm. cram it into a nutshell, but well, they have this, um, you know, the memes where it's like that, the, the, you know, little kid and he's got a look on his face. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I need a cheeseburger and you brought me a Bible, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's, I mean, it's just this, in, this whole culture of like Christians going out into the world to save people from, mm-hmm. they don't even know what. And, um, and just not understanding what they're doing or who they're dealing with or how to, engage with poverty or not understanding global economics and thinking that they're mm-hmm. going to solve these problems by coming in with a bag of rice and a Bible um, and then, and spending $35,000 to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's a joke and nobody wants to be told that we want, we want permission to just go around the world doing whatever we want because it feels, it's fun and it feels good. And Is all missionary work like that? I mean, uh, certainly won't be all, but how, how much of missionary work is, is a joke in your opinion? I would say... This, you know, I'm just a chick with an opinion, whatever, 85% at least. Can you, can you point to any that you don't think are a joke? Just, just for, just to clear that air a little bit. Like um, for I, instance, Joey's gone to Haiti at least once. I know a lot of people that have mm-hmm. How about that. Um, I, I have some friends working in Haiti. She's a midwife and they train midwives. That's super valuable work. Right. They love people. They keep people alive. They save lives. They um, are helping mothers keep their children in their own homes. So they're, you know, kind of impacting that like adoption or false adoption stuff. They're doing good work. I know people that are working in Southeast Asia to um, work in anti-slavery and like rescuing, literally rescuing girls out of brothels um, and boys. And, and they're doing like really solid work, but you know, it's not under the guise of like saving people's souls. They're saving lives and they're doing it with expertise and they're doing it with intention to train other people to do the same. Yeah. So it's it's deeper. Yeah, I almost think that good missions would be either doing or supporting a permanent effort. Like if there's an adoption established there and you send a team because they need help. But I Matt, I've been to Haiti twice and the first time I went, 
we help build houses. I felt like, okay, we actually did hear this organization needed us to do this for these, uh, you know, earthquake victims and all that stuff. The second time I went to Haiti, I promise you, uh, I worked maybe 20% of the time and the rest of the time was not evangelism. It was hanging out. Uh, there was a time where the, the Haitians actually took us up on a mountain and served us coffee. Now, Part of this was the fact that they wanted to treat us really well, but part of it was just very poor planning and organizing on the missions organization part. I mean, I, I actually felt very convicted, and I said, if I would have known what this trip entailed, I would not have gone. And then I was just like, and I freaking asked people to give me money. Like, people gave me money to go on this trip, right. and I, I mean, I, I, felt, <laughs> I felt awful coming back, honestly. The worst might be like the you know like you said you mentioned thirty five thousand I think it might you might raise thirty five thousand dollars to go to Africa for two weeks and you do it's probably a term for it, like tourism missions mm-hmm. or something and get you get a bunch of selfies maybe a zebra maybe a village mm-hmm. and you took over some a few gallons of water or something like that and you know you you took a bunch of people's money and you feel like you were doing good but really just maybe didn't maybe you're even saying it does harm in some in some oh absolutely cases. and like i don't want to i don't want to like devalue the trip that you uh-huh. took to haiti and built houses but um i just think i mean i think this is a learning process so we might as well talk about it when when you yeah sure b- haitians can build houses and obviously their country was in a time of crisis but it was also in a time of economic crisis and and purpose crisis and um to have americans come in and take jobs that Haitians could have been doing that Haitian men could have been building their own homes for their own families. Yeah, totally. Um, not only do we emasculate them by saying, Oh, we'll do this for you, but we, we hurt their economy and their, their potential right. to create new jobs and, and to really build back their country. That's great perspective. That is really I good. I never it. would have thought, he, thought of that at all. Like just the idea of, of course, I mean, they're people and great workers and smart folks just like right. us. So why wouldn't they want to earn an income while they're helping their neighbors as well? Yeah. But our money could still be valuable there mm-hmm. to help them, but it would be oh, sure. to help them by employing them would be, would be more the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right. But the money it took to fly me there, waste. put me in a place to stay, waste, feed me and all that big, stuff. big, big waste. Yeah. Yeah. The food alone bankrupted the economy of Haiti. It's just that Americanized thing, though. And it it might be any, you know, first world country just kind of thinks, okay, listen, I have it so good. I think the intent was in the beginning, at least, and maybe even now for that that 85% or whatever, is to do good, but it is just misguided and not thought through. It's just, oh, you you just go somewhere and you help those people because they need help. And it it makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. You did give your money, you did give your time. And then, you know, a lot of like people like my, my parents' generation, they think, oh, well, you went to another country, so you did something. No, regardless, right. you know what right. I mean? Like right. going to another country That's is noble. something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the I fact mean, that you would leave the States. Yeah, the fact that you would leave America <laughs> meant, man, you, re- you went out on a limb, <laughs> even if it was nice and you were taken care of. So I, Even if you're going on an African safari right. on the last day of the mission trip. <laughs> I can understand that, but that is something that, and, and I'm certain there's probably, like you said, there are lots of people that are re- waking up and realizing this and, and trying to change that. But it is it does seem like a, a cultural thing for us to go, well, we had it good. Uh, we're America and we're good. So let's just take America over there. And if they're like America, it'll be better. And mm-hmm. that's what ends up getting r- really dangerous because then we just input ourselves into their culture. And you're right, take the stuff, their resources and jobs and all that stuff without even really realizing, wait a minute, are we doing anything here? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Do you think it's mostly uninten- unintentional 
Or or do you think there's a percentage of even that 85% where other people are just, uh, you know, crooks? I think the participants in, in missions are generally really well-intentioned. Really mm-hmm. well they want to help, I think. Um, I do think there's some underlying, you know, selfishness there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but missions, is, it's a billion-dollar industry. Mm-hmm. It's an industry. So if you think people aren't getting rich, like white yeah. American people aren't getting rich off of it, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there are absolutely some crooks in it, and there are absolutely people who... Um, refuse to address the issues because their lifestyle depends on it. And, you know, so it's, it's not, it's not an easy conversation to really to break into, but it has to, it needs to be had. Well, it sounds pretty terrible to criticize the missionaries, right? I mean, that, but that's, mm-hmm. that's where uh, financial improprieties often hide is in, un- mm-hmm. in non-criticizable places. That's just mm-hmm. how that, that's just human nature. And this, I'm, you know, that's not pointing fingers at any organization or individual. I'm sure people could, I don't know. Who, but I just know in built in human nature, that's the way that it is. The people hide in the places like that yeah. for sure. When yeah. when you started, so when you started feeling this way, and you're like, man, this just doesn't feel right. There's something wrong. Could you even talk to anybody? Like when you're in Costa Rica, did, did you were you able to say, hey, I, I think this is bad, or I just don't feel right? Or, was there anybody there for you? There were other. There were you know a handful of other missionaries that we were all just kind of like shrugging our shoulders, going, what is going on? Like what is happening? What are we doing? And certainly it's a conversation that's happening in, in like those circles. Um, it's really common to get overseas and to see how many missionaries there are living overseas, getting paid by the church and they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. They're just Mm -hmm. living overseas. And we call that missions. Um, and so the the challenge I think for us is to read is I would love it if we just stopped using the word missions altogether because it doesn't mean anything. It's so meaningless. It's this like huge nebulous concept that doesn't really have any defined content. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, if you say, if you're a missionary and someone says, what do you do? And you say, I'm a missionary. They'll say, Oh, well, what do you do? Like it it does not mean anything. Um, and so for us to just step out of that area to say, we're just not going to talk in missions speak anymore. And really, it does mean one thing, Jamie, it means people give me money. Absolutely. That's one thing it does mean (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Really? I mean, that's the only thing that would happen. (laughs) Jamie's right. What, well, what do you do? That it could be anything. It could yeah, be I build, support. That's teach, what I do. talk, walk around, I raise pray. Support. I don't know, whatever yeah. it is. Raise support. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, classic I, is when a band says they're missionaries and give us money so we can travel. <laughs> we should have done that. <laughs> you should study hey, that. People what did your, uh, what did you, so you did have some people that were feeling that way. Did anybody make you feel like, ah, oh, you're just being critical for no reason? What are you doing? We're, I mean, we're sure. good people. Did you get that too? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. A ton of pushback, a ton of people. I mean, and honestly, like if it's your lifestyle, if you're getting paid $65,000 a year, live in Central America and have a really nice house and a car and no, nobody to tell you what to do, you're going to fight for that. You're going to say, Hey, how dare you criticize me? And you're going to spiritualize it and use all this language that says, you know, who are you to decide what God's doing through this, through me showing up Mm -hmm. at a coffee shop twice a week or whatever. Um, so there's clearly pushback. And I call it missions. You call it you call it retirement. Whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. And you guys, the people that we send overseas, they're not our best people. Like they're weird. Weird. Like, <laughs> I believe that. Crazy. Where you're looking at them and you're yeah. just like, your church didn't send you because they thought you'd be a good missionary. They sent you because they wanted you to leave. Well, because you wanted to leave. I mean, you know, that it means something that in the whole culture and society you live in, you want to not be in it i'm not saying that's a a, necessarily a bad impulse but i mean that there's 
a certain amount of people that uh, I'm not fitting in well here. I'm going to go to another place. And it might be because they have problems or running from stuff. That's, that's not stretch. Mm-hmm. No, but it's not a good reason to send them overseas. No. Right? Like, oh, you, oh you're socially awkward? Let's send you to another culture. Where you're well, that's what I'm saying. People that language. fit in really well here aren't ones mm-hmm. wanting to go live in a jungle somewhere. Oh, it's it's I can just terrible. I can just hear the elders now saying, "Hey, what do we do with uh, Cynthia Myers? Hey, let's let's send her to South Africa. <laughs> Maybe she won't come back." <laughs> what about what about so when you start feeling this way, did your husband or did did that cause any trouble with you guys, or did he uh, totally agree? What happened? Because you said he's such a good missionary. No, he he I think was even more angry about it than I was because I was like I was like typical. I was like, "Oh, this is what missions is. I just do whatever and make it sound good on the internet." And he, um, you know, was busting his ass to get stuff done and to have it be meaningful and to um, know people like in significant ways. And um, so for him to be working so hard and have people around him under the same title, missionaries, not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, he was, it was hard. It was really, it was really rough on him. Yeah, that's the way I feel at our church. I I really bust my ass, and then Joey is our pastor and doesn't do shit. <laughs> hey, I've got I've got some kick ass fantasy football teams, so for sure. Hey, um, looking at some of the stuff that you, uh, you're writing, there's there's a similar thread with some things that I I personally am kind of thinking and working through, and we actually recently had some people even say, "Man, you guys need to just shut the hell up about not being leaders and recognize the influence that God's given you and just almost like bite the bullet and accept the leadership God's given to you. And I, you, you, you actually say, I think in your about section of your blog that you're not about leading and, you know, uh, I'd rather we walk alongside each other and all that sort of thing. So my question to you is how, how, how do you figure that out as far as what you said was really good, and a lot of people are going to read it and say, you know what, that makes sense to me. I, I like that. I want to look into that more, listen to her more. Automatically, aren't you a leader? I mean, that's kind of just how people look at it. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess, it, to some degree, you don't have control over that, right? If people kind of put, if you, if I don't know, if you fall into that space, then whatever. I actually right. don't remember, I don't remember writing that. I'm sure I did. Right. It's on my about page, but um, it's beautiful. It's I love great. it. I'm going to go back to that because I, <laughs> I, I'm really uncomfortable with the thought of being like a leader mm-hmm. or people like, you know, I, I'm just like, these are just opinions. Let's just talk about this. Can we have mm-hmm. a conversation? I don't want to tell people what to do or tell them how to do it or, um, I just, I don't want it to be a one-sided conversation. Um, I think, I think we need to be really careful about how we put people up on a pedestal, especially in this like weird Christian, like pseudo celebrity, Mm -hmm. whatever thing that we have going on. Um, I think it's really unhealthy, really Mm -hmm. unhealthy for people. Well, I mean, even the, even the Christian book section is just loaded with principles of leadership, how to be a good leader, leadership Mm -hmm. 101, leader, leader. And it's just like, you is is the word leader in the Bible? I don't even know. I mean, it just seems so crazy. There's, I mean, there there are seriously people making a living after saying I'm a good leader and I'm going to teach other people how to be it, and that's how they make their sure. leading. Leaders is leaders actually a similar word to missionary, and it's uh it's overuse and vagueness and mm-hmm. industry, uh, and, and it's not just in Christianity. I mean, there's a million people that have businesses, ebook blogs, everything, and just the business world and everything else about just being a leader. It's definitely an over overdone word. 
uh, that doesn't, I mean, I don't think it's near as important as we, as we make it, but that we get criticized. People like you do get criticized because you are in some sense, though, trying to grow your traffic and audience and people to hear the things that you are saying, though. So how do you how do you reconcile that? Um, well, I would say I really don't try very hard, <laughs> but, um, and this is not like my life's goal is to have, mm-hmm. you know, a well-read blog. I don't sure. even, I, I, I mean, it's just whatever. I don't like, I don't look at stats. I don't, I don't, ca- I don't care. I love people and I love, um, I love being able to have these conversations and I love kind of being able to just throw little snippets mm-hmm. of whatever online and, and it's fun and funny and whatever. But, um, I mean, it's not, it's not real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think it has no value, but like there's like a much healthier space in real life where I have people that I look to, to, um, influence me. And, um, it's because I know them and I trust them and I know their character and I know that they're not just like, I'm, I know I'm seeing more than 5% of their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think a so. real push back to that is that I think Christianity in general does that. They hop on something and stick with it forever. You know, it, 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 you see it in the church all the time. At first, it's uh, new people numbers, and then it goes to how many baptisms we have. And it just floats through there. And leadership is the hot button thing right now. Like you, hey, you got to be a leader. And, and I would say most people shouldn't be, right. including mm-hmm. me. And I think if you are a leader, the last thing you need to be doing is talking about it. Like if you're a, a real leader, would just people would start following them, and it would be a an uh, a back and forth thing we're not talking about a military leader here you, you know what i mean like a a colonel that is leading a, a crew into war we're talking about real people like, like you just said jamie it's a it's a thing where it, if i start taking what i'm saying so seriously and I, if i start thinking in leadership terms that is exactly the point where things start going a little we- uh, weird mm-hmm. like oh wait a minute now i am leading people so i owe them something wait a minute now I have to be held accountable or maintain to, something or maintain that standard of what they think. Right. I, I said one time, two years ago, and that's what I, I that, and then you get encompassed by that completely. And that's what you are. And, and I think it goes back to the same thing as with missions as well. You're right. Like, wait, I'm a missionary. So that means now that I am proclaiming the word of God to places that don't have it. And we are going to help them because we have more cash. No. You know, and they don't, and they can be more like us. And that's where the real danger, I think, in Christianity in general comes. And it starts feeling weird. That same feeling you have, I have often with <laughs> what church are we doing? And, and Christianity. <laughs> and I really ask, I say, are we just crapping on people? Because I really do think a lot of times, something that you said is kind of ringing true with me, too, is just that we are we just are we doing something because it has worked and it has looked good, and that is just keeping actually keeping everybody where they're at. Like, are we going over to other countries and showing them what we have? Because that's actually unattainable, but at least they can keep looking towards that goal. And that, that keeps them, you know, kind of where they're at. Wait, the missionaries are coming back again. We'll give them the coffee. They'll, they'll help us build the house. And we'll stay basically where we are as opposed to, wait a minute, get everybody get off their ass and do something real. And it won't be as glamorous. It won't be as fun. It won't be as mm-hmm. Facebook friendly. But it might actually mean something, right? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, we we consider ourselves missionaries to the podcasting world for sure. That's and, important. Uh, it's big. <laughs> it's good of no, you. We, we actually have we actually have people that uh, give us money. We call it the Boosie oh, that's true. Club. Yeah, I'm and, glad you said that. We do. We yeah. actually do. Yeah, but we, be, we but are we, hypocrites. But we don't, we don't well, say well, raise. We don't, the well, we don't say give this exactly. to us because we're doing this <laughs> well, noble thing. No, we that's actually, true. We're not. At, we we say if you like 
listen to the podcast. Pay right. what it's worth. Want That's to. what I say. Yeah, right. pay what it's worth. Yeah, right. Well, I want to let Jamie to what you're doing. There yeah, is this damn show is free. Doing. Better have some value. <laughs> and you're, I mean, if you're bringing value to someone's life, there's nothing wrong with them contributing to it, yeah. right? But that's different than saying I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this my lifestyle, and you, you pay for me to do so. Or just so Jamie, the pretense tell, tell us what, of what, of what it is. Like what the thing you're doing is so important, and that's the what. I mean, I guess this is what I don't exactly want to draw a parallel to, but can't avoid it in in good conscience. If that's the extreme part of missionary, how is the you know the church, the local church, different? Is it is it really is it possible to draw a lot of same parallels between just what Toby and Joey do for a job as ministry, or no? Is that different, or is it kind of similar to? I think it's very similar. I mean, I think really we need to have be having some really big conversations about how we, um, yeah, how we how we church because it's like the assumption of ultimate importance cloaked with some vague stuff, and then identifying as this person that does things that you feel. And here's where it really rubber meets road for me. It kind of feels like a lot of I've said it before on the show. A lot of or all religious activity might be a substitute for doing stuff you actually ought to be doing. So when you have the paid missionary, Uh then Mm -hmm. my hands are clean. I gave the money. And that's really what I want to buy when I give money to a missionary. Mm -hmm. If I have to be real honest, maybe that's what I buy when I give to church so that the pastor has a income so that he can do the work of the Lord. And I did that was hard for me to give that, but I did it. Or if I show up on Sunday, at least I did that. Like I'm trading what feels like sacrifices to me to empower Toby, Joey, you and your husband to do those things that are the actual important things. Meanwhile, they're burdened with, yeah. Meanwhile, they're now burdened with like a lot of what am I actually doing? Am I real? Am I fake? How's this Mm -hmm. work? You know, it's it's kind of scary if you think about it all the way down in those terms to me. Frightens mm-hmm. me. My husband's a pastor now, and we are, he, he pastors in a big suburban, like boring beige suburban church. Mm-hmm. And um, this is a conversation that we have a lot is what does this mean? And, and he's even said in moments of frustration, he loves his job. He loves who, I mean, he loves, we love our church, but, um, you know, he's just like, I just, I don't know that I want to get paid to love people. Like this is, there's, there's some sort of, um, dichotomy there mm-hmm. that is really hard to reconcile like he, that to, that we're all supposed to be doing this work anyway um and so you know right. but again there's that expertise and there's yeah you know yeah so we're, we're really trying to figure that out as we go honestly yeah i definitely think as church and how people do church and i think we all we all agree that that terminology doesn't even necessarily make sense but as culture changes, I do think the need for paying people to do ministry is going to decrease, decrease, and decrease because, I mean, let's just face it, part of the reason why Toby and I get paid is because Sunday mornings are a big deal. And somebody has to say, you know what, I'm committed to actually helping put this thing on. You know what I'm saying? And so Mm -hmm. I think as that changes and as people don't want that sort of uh, thing on Sunday mornings and don't need it, I mean, I really believe that probably the most effective churches now, maybe, but definitely in the future, will be will have very little to do with Sunday mornings, very little to do with Sunday morning gathering, unless that's just when you decide to get together. Joey, when you say the word effective there, what does that mean? As far as just the gospel spreading for okay. less money and less energy, <laughs> okay. honestly, just more efficiently. Mm-hmm. 
I am uh, I'm different than all of y'all in this. I'm totally 100% fine with pastors getting paid. I just am. I think it gets ex- exorbitant too often with the major players, but uh, that's between them and God. I, and I can make fun of them, but I don't know their hearts. I, but I will make fun of them and, and be critical <laughs> and judge. But uh, here's the thing I think. I believe it's 100% to get fine to get paid. And I think I struggle the exact same way as your husband with the idea, though, of wait a minute. I don't, I don't mind doing the work that like today, this morning, I did, I, I, I did a lot of work this morning for our church, uh, for me, at least, you know, like I'm, I'm a little slow. And so I did a lot of stuff for our church this morning, emails, contacting people, setting things up, practice spaces for our band, blah, 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 all this junk. That's real work that I did for our church. And that's okay. What I don't like is the fact that, that going back to that standard of, I can't always be Toby, it feels like. If I were to stand up sometimes and say, yeah, this is silly, let's just don't everybody, then they would be, wait a minute, we paid you, or you're getting paid, and this is our vision, or they would start using that Christianese, wait a minute, this is what this means, and you're, you know, you're a worship leader, or you're over small group, whatever, like, then my identity, oftentimes within the church, is not Christ, it is a small group leader, it is worship leader, and it is outreach director, so then my identity even if I'm feeling something inside with Christ and my identity being in him, I can't fully be myself because, wait a minute, you can't do that in church. You can't say those things in church. Like the conversation we're having right now on a stage at a church, we'd probably get booed and people wouldn't even understand it. And we're just talking. Right. Yeah, but we're the same people that go to church and her husband works there and y'all have salaries at church and all this stuff. I'm not, and none of us are disagreeing with you, Toby, that it's not as wrong for people to get paid, but right. it comes at a cost. And I think specifically that cost is the people that give the money might do a little bit less because they felt like they gave money. And it comes at a cost to you oh, because yeah, I talk yeah, yeah. to you yes, three yes, times yes, a yes. month at least where you where you go, I don't even know what I'm doing. I, I don't even know if this even any of this is real. So it comes at a cost. It's not wrong. You're exactly right. But here's my point. That is the church's fault. We are leading people. Regardless of it, if our intents are, uh, our intentions are, are good, we are leading people to say, yeah, just give your money. Yeah, that's going to go to uh, whatever fund we have this month, or that's going to go to this missionary, or it's going to go. So that, right. that's the church's fault, not the people. And I do believe that the amount of work that, that people do and are trying, it's not their salaries, is what you're talking about. That doesn't, no. that salary doesn't innately make somebody go, well, I'm done. Not immoral or unethical, but problematic. What makes it be that way, though, is the fact that you can't even say, yeah, just because I'm I'm earning a living here, no, you, you got to do more. We're not going to just support mm-hmm. this missionary. We're going to do a lot more. And that is where it has to change as well. And y'all might be right. I don't care. I mean, I, for sure, I struggle with people's tithes helping my family to survive. Right. I struggle with that thought often. Mm-hmm. And that my thoughts, am I being fully Toby right and wrong to these yeah. people. And I wanted them to see the real me. And sometimes I struggle with that thought of may, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just being a version of Toby within the context of church. And that seems really shitty. It feels really weird sometimes. Yeah. I think that's comes with that over spiritualization of our language and how everything is so vague and we don't really have any, um, I mean, the expectations on people who work within the church, it's so easy to get around whether or not you're do- doing your job well, or whether or not you're, um, working within the right capacity for you as a human being or whether or not you, you know, whatever, because we we're, it's so spiritualized. And so if we were able to break away and say, what is our purpose? What is our um, specific goal? Who's the best person for that? And then like everywhere else in the world, if you don't do a good job, you get fired. 
um, or if you, um, it's a good point, you know, whatever, whatever it is, but to say, Hey, we're, we're actually gonna, um, like rein it in and say, what needs to be, who needs to be paid? teacher, a, a pastor, a teaching pastor is a teacher. We mm-hmm. pay teachers. That's a valuable thing. I don't have that education. I need someone to teach me. Um, so that I have no qualms about paying pastors for their expertise in what they're doing um, because you're paying for a service. Right. So if a, if a company had, let's say, grew to 500 employees, how many people would have been fired by any average company that has grown and been around for 10 years and had hundred, you know, 500 so employees, they would have fired many, many people. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, there's no chance that would be a good company that was surviving or making good decisions. They would never reach that point, mm-hmm. yeah. but probably I bet the, the fire let go rate in churches is very, very low. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just making that up. I'm sure that it is. I don't know what the statistic it, is for sure. Yeah. I mean, they're just absolute people who are absolutely incompetent. Yeah. And they keep their jobs for years and years and years. But the other side of that is those ultra shark CEO pastors that everything's a business decision and cutthroat. And that don't sit right. right either. Right. I totally agree. And that's where it's like, there's just so much tension, but, but at some point you have to go, what's the, you know, what's right for me and my church, mm-hmm. what's right for me and my community. And to be able to pull the trigger on some of that stuff, because we're doing, we're wasting so much and we're wasting so many opportunities and we are setting people up to fail by saying, all you have to do is write a check. Yes. 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 That's the I common thread with, with missions and regular church and ties. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're, we're t- teaching people, you know, not explicitly, but implicitly that you writing a check is your w- work. So right. it's, it's allowing people to buy. I mean, what is the same thing as the, you know, what the Catholic church used to do, what do they call that? You buy what? The mm. allowances, the pardon, whatever they were, you buy the oh yeah 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 whatever yeah. It's, just, it's similar to that yeah I know what you're talking about like that the popes made money and people made money right. by just they could you like could you could be, buy your dead relatives into heaven by right. buy a blessing or yourself, or you can buy your sins away it's something like you're that. giving up that, yeah. that's the human element that that's mm-hmm. re- recurrent no matter what yeah. system we set up so there is this balance of saying hey do we leave, where do we leave room for God and the Holy Spirit to work in our mm-hmm. lives but also um, how do we run a business and because there is a business element here and and we're responsible for that and we should take we should take it seriously. So guys, Jamie wanted us to make damn sure that we let you know to send checks to Jamie Missions. Mm-hmm. She's raising money for mm-hmm. a weekend trip to I think it's Tahiti. She's going to be yeah. witnessing to some people at a vacation resort. So uh, she needs to raise I think it's what like $9,000 to get out there and it's for like, her it's stay like a, actually it's 11 because 11,000 because we're going to hand out tracts, Bible tracts. Yeah, very expensive. <laughs> so we need we a gotta lot buy of that too. <laughs> It was really good talking to you. Hey, I'm going to I'm gonna read something because I really do think uh, I, I, I applaud this. I thought it was really awesome. Uh, and, and we'll end it here. Jamie said, foster care systems are overflowing. Divorce rates are climbing. Addiction of every sort is growing. Pornography is dominating. Hearts are breaking. People are dying. And you're alarmed that a Christian said, fuck. Sweet Jesus. What's truly alarming is the church's capacity for selective indignation. Because if we don't all start caring about things that actually matter, we're fucked. That's Jamie. Good job, Jamie. Yeah, thank you, Jamie. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of those, even the topics that Joey just listed in there, to be interesting to talk to you about. So we can do it at another time. We obviously have uh, similar philosophies, easy to carry on a conversation in the same realm. So we'd love to do this again in, in some other capacities, for sure. Yeah, maybe next time fun. your husband come, we'll just all talk shit about the church. You guys would love my husband. You would love him so much. He'd love that. All right. Thanks so much for for joining us, Jamie. All right, guys. Well, thank you. All right. 
the worst missionary. Well, I enjoyed talking to Jamie. She's pretty smart and easy to talk to. I guess that's because we have the same yeah. point of view on stuff, but pretty easy to talk to. Yeah, I really do believe we got to have more people like her and uh, Preston Sprinkle and these just really smart Christians that are fully, honestly, it sounds like they're being critical, and at the same time, they're being critical of the things that they need to be and still loving the church like they do. Like her husband is a pastor in a church. Well, we'll talk about that in the yeah. future. But yeah, I don't think it's criticism. I mean, I think it's criticism, but I don't think it's bashing or anything or negative or wrong to do stuff like that. I really find it productive, but we'll get into that on another episode. Yeah, Joey, yeah I don't Joey's buy that, showing that me. Bashing. Joey can't wait till the first news segment. First, I just oh, cannot believe his website. He's showing me pictures from it. The just, website. So let's let's, is let's just, just get to it. Man. Can we just? Can we just? All get, right. Let's get right. to the news then. And let him have a. Well, <laughs> let let him do it. First news story. In a world where your friend who is a pastor loves it. When other pastors are kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. I'm ready for the story. I, maybe not, to, not, not in reality, but there's potential there. This is Toby Morell. Well, the we damn know news. that he's a pastor that loves pastor-related well, he news. He loves pastor-related news. But you got to, you know, that's your crew. That's your boys. <laughs> PastorRelatedNews.com. That's your might, boys, might Joey. Site for you to run. <laughs> pastors are Joey's boys. They go out. They hang out. They do... Think about that. Why don't you do that? Why don't you do start pastorrelatednews.com? It could be a really good oh, feed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. It would be all bad <laughs> stuff, though. That's all anybody would care about. <laughs> Nobody would care about this pastor that helped people. That's the only downside there. All right, this first one comes from, and I, I, and these are ro- the roving reporters here are Matt and Joey. They heard about it. Well, maybe it's Joey. Maybe it was Matt, and then uh, Joey, yeah, le- le- Joey has leapt upon finding this. But this comes from the Seattle Times. Former Mars Hill pastor Mark Driscoll. To start new church in Phoenix. Oh boy, we kind of knew this was coming. This isn't that big of a deal, but it's official. Mark Driscoll finally made it official. He's starting a new church in Phoenix, the culmination of a comeback that has been gaining steam over the past year. The former Marshall pastor announced the news of the new Trinity Church on Monday by email, Twitter, and a new website. Joe, you got anything you want to say about the website? What is the website? What is the website? What does it say on the well, front page? You, I mean, you guys nailed it. He has totally rebranded himself. There's a new brand of Mark Driscoll. You go on the website and there's a picture of like a silhouette of a family, um, you know, holding hands and just just not your your trendy hipster Mars Hill sort of thing. And then there's a picture of him with his family and uh, he's already got two staff members. Both of their pictures are with their family. So I guarantee you this is going to be a very family oriented uh, uplifting church. Yeah, it's but, family, uh, friends, and yeah. faith. That's what. Yeah. What does the the logo thing say on the front? It's, it says uh, we open our Bibles or something. What does it yeah, say? it says um, it's kind of cool. It says we open our Bibles to learn. We open our lives to love. All right. I hope they mean that. They maybe they mean it. Hey, here's the other thing. I'm reading from the Seattle Times, which honestly has to have some kind of bias against Driscoll. Yeah. And I do want to say this. We one, love Driscoll. I, I want to say this again. <laughs> if he'd hire me, I'd go. No, I'm totally joking. But. <laughs> Maybe he has repented. I believe that you can learn from your mistakes, and y'all would say, no, you don't think people get better. I believe that people, and some things get better, and then the other things just creep up. So we're always going to be in a vicious cycle of sin, is what I would say. But maybe he's good. Maybe he's he'll. That's the thing this goes on to say. It says, in a folksy video on the site, which begins with a howdy from Driscoll, the pastor said he and his wife, Grace, sitting side by side, were hoping, trusting, praying, Planning and also a little 
worrying about planning a church here. Driscoll also noted that he was healing up in his new home. Uh, and his bio on the site refers to Driscoll's recently facing the most challenging year of their lives, one that prompted the pastor to take a year off. But aside from those remarks, there's no reference to Driscoll's troubled and controversial history at Mars Hill, which he doesn't have to. People know it. Everybody else is talking about it. Why does he? Right. Indeed, there's no direct mention at all to the megachurch he presided over for 18 years until snowballing allegations of plagiarism, emotional abusiveness, and misogyny led him to resign in 2014. Um, basically, this is just going on, talking about what that should be. So I would think, here's what I would like to ask you guys. Um, Matt, you specifically, I worked mm-hmm. there. I met Mark a bunch of times. Honestly, I thought he was really intriguing, engaging dude, very intense. I think that he messed up at Mars Hill, so did a lot of people, but did, did some things. And then I think it made it way worse by the way he exited and the things that went down over there. Now, does he deserve forgiveness? Yes. Is he a better person than me? Probably. Mo- maybe most likely. Do I, do I believe that he wants people to know Jesus the gospel? Yes. Now, all that being said, should he be starting a church right now? Is that where he is needed? And is that, <clears throat> I mean, do you think he, he him healing up, has, has there been time for other people to heal up? And do you think there's a possibility, Matt, that he actually is doing the right thing? Like, it's good. I kind of hate this topic in a way because Let's you can skip it. It's just another one. Like, <laughs> like, no, no, I'm saying it's just like in anything else where you can't say you have to be super nice or be careful because everything on the internet will say, I'm tired of people bashing him. Right. That only hurts the kingdom or whatever. But you, you don't, you know, I could say it this way. I don't think anybody should go there. My recommendation <laughs> is if you can go to that church or another one, don't go to that one. <laughs> nice. How about I that? I like it. Is that, is that not a reasonable thing? I mean, you, there's churches you might say are bad. Should you give your money to Benny Hinn and Pat Robertson? Yes or no? Well, I, my advice, no, right. maybe. And maybe for different reasons. And the, the biggest thing that people get wrong about this is if the allegations are true, if stuff is true, regardless, of, well, I guess regardless of whether you can prove it, in most situations in the rest of the world, when somebody is abusive and harmful, they're not the ones that get the benefit of the doubt over the the, the victims who are who speak out and are trying to say that that's not normal. Right. And that's, that is what this situation is. Now I'm not, I don't think there should is criminal or trial or anything like that. I'm just saying if the allegations here are a lot of people abused, done wrong, not acknowledged, not repented to. And there's many, many voices of those things, which there are. And there are a lot of people I know that feel that way. And I believe them and I've seen it. And I think that's true. Right. Then then that to me that's uh that's that's a yikes situation yeah. and i don't think you necessarily give the uh the person accused of the uh, the pa- power abuse and and abuse stuff the benefit of the doubt we don't do that in other arenas so just because he's a christian or just because it's a church related this is not necessarily uh, one of those things where benefit of the doubt goes to the guy with all the you know the the power. Okay, so when you say that Toby speculates whether or not maybe he's done the right thing since all this stuff went down, you, you're saying no, he didn't. I mean, there's no. I don't okay, think so. Gotcha. No, I, that's not my understanding. And because uh, he'll say he'll allude, for instance, to and I, I'm not. I can't prove anything. I'm not going to. I'm not here to do that. I'm just putting the counter voice out there that it's not that you don't always give the benefit of the doubt to this person in this position and which is what the general climate seems to be it's the way jake lures talked or for instance but yeah what i'm saying is he will say i made some mistakes which he's not referring to the mistakes that most people are thinking he's referring to when he says that 
in my opinion. And I've apologized to people. And those th- those apologies are not, they may be real apologies for some surfacey stuff, but they're not the real things. He doesn't agree that he, or isn't willing to face a lot of the things that he did wrong to a lot of right. people that I know that say, yeah, and he won't return my calls. And he would never talk to him and they can't talk to him. That that's, that's a, seems like a lot of, there's a lot, lot, lot of that out there from my point of view. Yeah. So that so what he's saying isn't doesn't sound doesn't sound like it adds up to me, and I don't necessarily think he should be given the benefit of the doubt. I can't claim to know that much about him. I've definitely met him, hung out with him, have my assessment of him, all that stuff. But I could leave it as simple as maybe don't go to. That's probably not where I think you ought to go. All right. How about this though? If you were if you were in Arizona on a Sunday morning and nothing to do. Would you want to stop by and just see? I would. Oh yeah, I probably. I definitely will. Yeah. More <laughs> I'll sneak in the back for sure. <laughs> and is there? I mean, is there anything? Because I, I mean, I think maybe all of us would say he's one of the greatest preachers we've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, as far as preaching, sure. I mean, don't you think that? I mean, there is a skill and a gift maybe given that is is potentially needed, and maybe he's too. learned his lesson. I don't know. I think there's a possibility. It's possible. But I'm just saying it's not my it's just not my point of view from here, and you can take that or leave it where it is. I'm not here to bash an individual. Here's here's the main thing. If that is the case and everything has changed, then he has had a complete personality change in everything. Like there's even a point it says in the video where his wife said she's super excited to hear him preach again, and he said, "You made my made me cry. I wasn't expecting that." Oh, he was, dead. And, and I and I just thought, man, that's the same guy. Like I literally, I, I sat in a room with him, and he dropped the f bomb, unbelievable. I was like, this dude's cool as shit. Like oh, I, I remember him cussing, command, and I was like, this dude is awesome. Oh my gosh, like this guy's legit. He was just saying this. He's like, fuck this guy, da, 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 and all this stuff. And it was cool because he was he's just being himself. Yeah. Like he wasn't. It wasn't a bad yeah. thing. It right. was not. People will hear that and think I was saying. It. I thought it was cool as hell. Like I was like, this dude's legit. Well, you know, people are afraid of misspeaking on this too. That, that's actually him too. So he doesn't get to be that guy. Now he's maybe soft Mark Driscoll. This is the family and kind man. of this along is those lines. Is older I, dude. I actually really believe. And gosh, this makes me sound so arrogant. Like I'm sitting on a judgment seat with Mark. But I actually do think that he's convinced that he was the victim and that people were bad. Oh, yeah. and no, I think, th- no doubt about it. I, th- I think he needs some help would be the yeah, best when way he's to not returning those phone calls. I think it's because he's just like, they're, they're poison to me. I can't I can't talk to those guys. I definitely think he's convinced of his position. I think that's I think he could use some right. help from God, from Holy Spirit, from counseling from people, from mental. Uh, he, he needs I think he could use some help and I wish the best for him. But that's not, I don't think that's bad to say. And I may be misspeaking way out of line. I really might. But I tell you why I feel like I should is because I keep running into situations and people that have these strong opinions and seem like real people. And then they're, they don't want to say it out loud. It's not just the obnoxious, loudmouth people online. In fact, we've had people on this podcast more than two. And then it comes up and they say, hey, can, you know, former pastors at Mars Hill. And then they'll say stuff like, hey, could you delete all the parts where we talked about Mark and Mars Hill because I just don't want to because they're scared of it and not rightly so because it's kind of scary and you or me in this case look bad. Yeah. So it makes me feel like I have to say something because it's easy, way easier not yeah. to. All right. Well, let's, so let's that's just wait. I may be misspeaking. So my I think we all believe that he could be better and that the situation could be better at the same time. So that, that needs don't be, you think there's some churches that you don't you would not recommend that people yeah, go that, to? The most sure, frustrating. Yeah, I agree right now with with okay. with, with all the the actual data I have. I would say don't go there. 
But that also doesn't okay. negate that maybe God can change him and the situation and it'd be good. I, I believe that. But Oh, and what, last thing. I did think this was cool. I just saw a, uh, uh, I just saw a King's Kaleidoscope tweeted a uh, yikes and then a link to that. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> so that, you know, that's something. Hey, I will that, say. Yeah. The, I appreciate somebody doing, yeah. saying something. I, I kind of appreciate that. The most that what I'm frustrating saying. thing for me is uh, I think the Seattle Times article that Toe was reading from or, or something that I just read said something along the lines of, He's being applauded and cheered by major Christian leaders. And that just gets under my skin because I'm like, unless those hotshot pastors have talked to the elders and support team at Mars Hill and said, hey, so we're thinking about supporting Pastor Mark Driscoll. What do you guys think? How did things shake out? Do you think he's ready? That's just that's so yep. presumptuous to be like, oh, yeah, yeah we'll they- support him. I mean, everybody yeah. deserves yep. forgiveness. The other possible red flag as a church member is that this one seems to be getting set up with the same leadership structure as Mars Hill and that it's got a board of trusted people that make the decisions and the members and the people in the church are not people that get a say or vote or have any part of the government. When are we going to when are we gonna- So the church that, church hasn't even launched yet and it's already set up in a way that seems to be and I could be wrong about this where the members have no part of the governance and it's inside people that are powerful that are can we please start a bad Christian church so people can talk shit about it we talk so much shit yeah I'd love to I can at least that way we feel I feel a little bit more like well shit we we kind of screw up too (laughs) my man hey you know what we did over bad Christian it's okay dude no um all right moving on uh, this comes from the Huffington Post, and uh, I thought this is interesting with the Super Bowl having have having already happened. Right, guys? Uh, we the people of the United States, this comes from the Huffington Post, we the people of the United States, in order to properly celebrate the gold, gold anniversary of the biggest sports event ever known, are on track to eat a staggering blank chicken wings this year. How many of y'all think this year? What the whole country? Yeah, or the in, super, in a, the I think or uh, in a, I believe it's just a, in the United States alone. Just in the United States, how many chicken wings this year, twenty sixteen? Do you think that Americans will eat? All right, I, I'm going to do a calculation. I'll do it out loud so you can okay. hear. How I think there's three hundred million yeah. Americans, and I would say not even half of them eat chicken wings. So I'm going to take that down to 150 okay. million. But people that do eat them, you know, 12, at least yeah. ten. 10 at a time, and then how many times a year? So I'm going to take 10 chicken wings being the average serving times 150 million people. That's 1.5 billion. And then how many times a year do they do it? Uh, average of 10 times a year, so 10. So we should be in the 10 to 30 billion chicken wings a year. Joey, what do you think? I followed his calculations, and I think it makes sense. I'm not going to try to outdo that. You're wrong. You were really close at first, but it's 1.3 billion. Then you multiplied it the time, oh, all the dang. time. So. Uh, yeah, I think what you probably a lot of people don't eat as many wings as you think. Like the the mm-hmm. dudes Maybe eat so. wings and they eat ten yeah, or twelve, right. but uh, a lot of folks just eat. Uh, and I wonder if that's like if they're thinking bone in or I, I could probably go fight figure it out. But anyway, that sound my number sounds low to me, but still that's a lot of enough wings. to put six hundred wings on every seat in all thirty two NFL stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> enough for ev- enough for every person in the country to have four wings each. Enough to stretch between the Broncos Stadium in Denver okay, and but, the Panthers. So that's stadium. what they said right there. Four wings per person is the calculation of wings per year per right. American. So 
That's interesting. So it must be. I would have thought yeah, more. It must be less. I think once again, wings are something that got a bad name. Like it's fat. It's probably food. a quarter of the. It's probably a quarter of the population that eats them, and then they do a few, two or three times a year. That's well, probably one of the cool things like about this. And th- now also, this comes from according to the National Chicken Council. <laughs> <laughs> it could be inaccurate. And it's a nonprofit trade group that represents the U.S. chicken industry. Uh, but they said uh, 2016. Super Bowl estimate was 37 million wings or 3% uh, more wings than last year even. So, uh, Are you sure they're not just saying for the Super no, Bowl? It's, it says this year. Okay. This year's Super Bowl? Wait, wait. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah! It, it, just the Super Bowl is 1.3 billion. There Thanks. we go. Yeah, Jeez. I read it wrong. So I'm, now I'm way closer I'm blown. to because then I would think Matt's calculations are pretty conservative. Tens of bill- and my, my calculation, if anything's low, is tens of billions of wings a year. So, good for me. 1.5 billion chicken wings. Is there that many chickens? Good. That, like, not not joking, but that means there's billions upon billions of chickens on this world. Well, l- you can divide the number by four because each chicken produces four chicken wings. Oh, for four legs. Yeah, but I mean that's still that's still no, billions. No, each chicken has each <laughs> chicken has two joke. arms. <laughs> that each chicken has two arms, which are wings, and then each chicken wing, like you get on a big piece of fried chicken, breaks in half to a wing and a drum. All right, so I follow the, the makes wings. So it's four so, four wings per so chicken. Four wings per chicken, but that's still I mean one billion yep. chickens a lot. would be four billion yep, chicken wings. So I mean we have billions upon billions of chickens on the in the world. That's right. Now. That oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. I get, well, it's like seven or eight billion people. So there's probably almost right. one chicken for every person. There's way more than way more chickens in that. So you think there's the people twenty or thirty billion chickens? Mm, hundreds of billions. Good of God, in the world. that many? That's where vegetarians yeah. get mad because they say that they all got fed. They all, they need all water. Poop. Yeah, and all the yeah, and then, and then they just billions and billions of chickens. And wouldn't you say that probably most of them are treated pretty terribly? Oh my gosh, that, I'd say majority oh, is just just treated like awful. Doubt. Food Inc. I think it's called shows. The oh God, I can't even watch this. Let me throw let me throw down something I think is quite interesting, and that is I have a prediction that the the you know meat based and protein based and less sugar diets are the way that the culture will move in the next okay. few decades. You know, I do think eating refined sugars, grains, those things are going to go down, down, yeah. down as a culture, and that people will see that fat and protein are more things for people to eat. So I do believe that to be the diet and nutritional trend. However, I do believe there's a lot uh, to our factory farming and animal uh, stuff that's going to really, really kick in in the future as well. So it's, those two things are going to be increasingly at odds. So it, I really don't know what will happen um, in the coming decades, but I think that's going to be a really, really interesting. Oh, you mean like, Cause like the diet, people, that, people you know, preparing meat more properly and being uh, nicer to the animals and conditions and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah. Nice, niceness. The way we treat animals now, when you look back on in fifty years, will look like really, really horrible. Like civil rights or yeah. women. The way we treated women earlier in our, you know, the way we treated animals earlier in human civilization, fifty and hundred years from now, you're going to look really bad. The people in two. Well, here's what's kind of ironic, Matt. I have family members that uh, like grew up on a farm and everything, and you would think that maybe they are more conscious of being nicer to animals, but they seem to think of animals as just objects of food because yep. that's how they grew up. It's sure. just like, eh. Well, I mean, they are. I'm just saying the factory farming is way worse than somebody on the farm that has eight of their own chickens and slaughters. Yeah, that's not that's a true. problem. 
but some of the factory farming stuff is, and we're blind to it, and we're intentionally ignoring it, and we're going to look bad for it in the future. That's all I'm saying. Meanwhile, I think higher protein, less grain diets are inevitable too. So it'll be interesting to see where Which we go. Which is potentially a sin that most Americans commit every day, and that's it, I'm, eating I'm meat pretty sure it is. Yeah, is from animals yeah, that sure. are not treated. Well. All right, I got one more quick story here yep. for you guys. Okay, and this cool. Also comes from our good friends at the Huffington. Hey, Post. will you give me back my nasolator? Will you give it back? NBA announcer quickly realizes his accidental double entendre. What and, did he uh, say? This sounds oh, like something shit. you would do. Who, Matt or me? You. You say terrible things in public that you don't actually mean. And That's true. <laughs> <laughs> On Sunday in Los Angeles, Charlotte Hornets broadcaster Eric Collins delivered this double entendre when a Lakers player chased a ball to the sideline. Oh, my goodness. Jordan Clarkson almost came in my lap. <laughs> this happens sometimes oh during a live gosh. broadcast and Colin's bulging eyes presumably indicate he realized how that sounded but everybody let the Freudian slip go um, there was another guy announcer for NHL that he was trying to say that the hockey uh, players were having a tremendous amount of success but he said they're having a tremendous amount of sex <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to be a public speaker. You got to give people some some breaks. You, you know do, what I mean? man. You like, do. Th- like everybody used to bash George Bush and how stupid he was. He's smarter than everybody yeah. that you right. know. Yeah, you're right about he that. really is. I, you might not like the guy, but he's smart. That's a good call. And J- Barack Obama, they say, oh, he said that, uh, that dude's brilliant. I mean, you got to give. I mean, they talk so much, and people are behind the mic say so much stuff. You got to give people. A, I mean, he he had no intent to say that. But my big fear, I really, I said this, I believe five years ago. And I think it's I'm starting to be proved more and more right. I'm worried that at some point everything in our language will have a double entendre sexual connotation. Yes, that might be true. I think you'll be able to say just anything. Keeps on going. Oh, can of coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bicycle tire. Oh. <laughs> yeah, big bicycle tire. <laughs> Well, yeah. It, is it going to increase, or do some of them go out of stock? Like that's the only question. If you're, it, you might, you're right. If it's a one way, can you think of sexual innuendo or something that have gone out of face? Because if not, then you might, you're you're right. We're going to continue to pervert our whole. Yeah, well, yeah, you're right. I think some will come in and go out, but they might always be around. Like the the problem will be that we'll be old dudes, you know, twenty years from now, and we'll still be saying those. Yeah, I hope you do your taxes. <laughs> 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 what's a good one what's one that there is no sexual connotation that one day it will be us <laughs> oh yeah i'm gonna text and drive <laughs> <laughs> all right well i want to give two shout outs one to a uh guy it was it was i'd say this is kind of cute guys his name is michael robinson okay and he sent us seven dollars and 76 cents because that's what was left on his gift card. And he figured, hey, I'm not going to be able to buy a whole lot with this. I'll give it to Bad Christian. So, hey, I just want to say that is a great idea. If you have any amount of money left on your gift card that is a Visa or American Express or MasterCard, send it to us. We would love to have it. <laughs> just give it to us. And then also Justin Adams. Thanks, man. Uh, send us $190. I don't know why he just couldn't send us 200 but 190 that's good too, right? That's a ton of money. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Thank you guys good so God. much for supporting. It really does blow our minds, and we really do appreciate it. Backchristian.com forward slash contribute. 
And uh, Matt, you want to close us out? Oh, enough with the dirty innuendo. Hey, man, <laughs> close you out in prayer. You are buddy. <laughs> <laughs> close us out in prayer. <laughs> <laughs>